Welcome to the DeCesare Group Podcast, your ultimate source for the latest economic development and business news and activities in South Central Kentucky. I'm Jim DeCesare, and I'm thrilled to be your host for this initial podcast, which is a companion to our newsletter, the Soki Economic Development and Business News. Now, in each episode, we're going to be talking to individuals who are experts in their field or know a lot about the subject matter we'll be discussing, sharing their valuable insights and perspectives on the region's economy and business landscape. So what better way to start off a podcast than having Warren County Judge Executive Emeritus Mike Buchanan. Judge Buchanan and I sat down recently and talked about the growth of the economy in Bowling Green, Warren County, and South Central Kentucky over the last 30 years. So without further ado, here's the interview. All right, I want to welcome Mike Buchanan to the uh, show. Thank you for being here for the uh, the first ever program that we're doing together. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate you inviting me. Well, it's good to see you. And one of the things I wanted to talk about with you on this initial uh, podcast was sort of the history of economic development and uh, business growth over the last 30 years in Warren County and South Central Kentucky because you've, you've been a big part of that and you've got your DNA on a lot of the things that have happened over the last 30 years because you were elected in what, 1994? I was elected in 1993. Took office January 1st, 94. And served until December 31st, 2022? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good That's a good long career. And, of course, uh, a lot of things happened during that time. And I was telling someone not too long ago when, when Amy and I first moved to Bowling Green in 1992, uh, Campbell Lane was still two lanes up to the mall. Um I mean, you, yeah. you think about that. The uh, I think there was maybe 50,000 people um, in the city and maybe not even that many in the county. Yeah, no, there weren't that many in the county. It so was pretty sparse. A lot, a lot of growth has happened over the last 30 years, and, and a big part of that has to do with economic development and business growth within the community. And uh, one of the first initiatives that I remember when, when moving here was the Transpark. And uh, tell us a little bit about how that got started and and where it was and to where it is today. Well, the Transpark uh, was talked about for a number of years. We're talking about uh, uh, developing an area with enough acreage that we could actually put the infrastructure in and not have to constantly change uh, to the end of, to another uh, industrial park uh, five years later, right. uh, like we had been doing before that. But it's it's really has has been a success and uh, has a great number of, of jobs out there right now that that really has changed the landscape of not only Bowling Green and Warren County, but all of South Central Kentucky. And there was a lot of pushback when, when that initiative first uh, started taking place, but now uh, it's like everybody wants to be a part of it to some extent. It's amazing how people's memories change, but uh, <laughs> many of the people who, um, who were hard, hardcore opposed to it at the time are some of the biggest supporters at this time. It's amazing how that things like that happen. But when you're when you're creating economic opportunities and creating opportunities for the community uh, that everyone can benefit from, it, it's it's hard not to get behind something like that. And I remember, uh, you know, initially it was going to be a trimodal park where it, it would have an airport and and it does have rail out there. Um, so I guess it's a bimodal park. Right. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right term or not. But I think the term is multimodal. M multimodal. Okay, yeah. we'll yeah. go with that one. And um, and and was Magna the first big industry to move out there? Magna was the very first uh, big industry to move out there. That's known uh, locally as Bone Green Metal Forming. Right. And uh, it, it's been a major success. 
And uh, they make uh, truck frames for Ford, I believe. They make truck frames for Ford in Louisville, the F-250 and F-350. But since then, and after the 2007-8, uh, the, the economic downturn uh, that we experienced several years ago, they've uh, diversified into several other um, customers that they supply. That's fantastic. And of course, they're, they're coming up or maybe even have surpassed their, their 20th year out there, believe it or not. I think they're right at their 20th it's, it's, year. It's, it's yeah. really close. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. Uh, and then since then, I mean, there's been a lot of other uh, things that have happened out there. Of course, you've got um, recently Crown, Cork and Seal, uh, Tyson's going to has a, a, a project underway, OI Glass, Ball Container. Uh, that's just some of the newer ones. That's not to mention the, the ones that have been out there. Those are the newer ones. And then, of course, Envision, which, yeah. you, which the, the only new one that you haven't mentioned, and that's uh, uh, the economic impact for Envision alone is going to be combined. Uh, if you combine all of the other jobs in the Transpark and the income that it brings into this community, Envision will be more than that. That's amazing. And of course, that's going to have a trickle down effect uh, for economic development, not only in Bowling Green and Warren County, but surrounding counties as well, who will uh, be uh, uh, having those suppliers come in that will supply that plant and, and not to mention the infrastructure needs that, that are going to have to go along with that facility as well. And all of that is underway right now. It is all underway. The, the, not only the new transmission lines for uh, uh, electric power, but uh, new lines, large lines uh, for um, water and sewer. Yeah. Well, it, a lot of exciting things have happened out there at the, uh, the, the Trans Park. And, and not only do we have industries out there, we have a technical school out there. Uh, we have the, uh, the Warren County uh, school system has their technical school out there. Uh, we have the uh, Veterans Nursing Home that is coming out there soon. That's true. And I'm real excited about that. Yeah, that, that was a, a long time in the making. <laughs> it's, it's amazing how long things take uh, in, in government. It, it really does. And, and, you know, it's very fortunate that we're going to have it here in our community, especially with the, the aging population, uh, you know, and, and the veteran population that we have right here within this region so that they have something to look forward to uh, when, when they need it. Oh, absolutely. It's something that we have needed for a number of years, but it, it, um, it feels good to finally make it happen or finally be part of making that happen. Uh, and and um, I believe that the veterans appreciate it, but I believe the citizens of our region appreciate it just as much. Absolutely. And when we were talking about the uh, Trans Park initially here, you'd mentioned that we had kind of outgrown some of our other industrial parks but we still have others in the in Warren County, including the uh, Southern Kentucky Industrial Park, better known as the Skip, and uh, that has the uh, Southwest Connector uh, in it now, which means it can grow and expand as well. And I believe uh, some property has been purchased to, to grow that park as well, and a lot of great projects out there as well. The Southwest, uh, the, the Southern Industrial Park Skip, yeah, uh, is going to be able to just about double. Uh, because of the Southwest uh, Parkway, and so and that, but that was a long time coming as well. Oh yeah, I, I, at least twenty years, yeah. a, a minimum. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and here it is today. And and I remember when I was in the legislature, one of the first um, 
I guess, economic development meetings I went to was with you and some others and, and a, a Japanese firm, and it was Kobe Aluminum. Right. Uh, we met at, uh, at one of the Japanese restaurants here in town, and it was about a five-hour meal. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, But uh, they've been a great partner to uh, Warren County, and they've had a couple of expansions since they've been in that park as well, plus all the other industries that are out there. You know, like Al said, we've got Blue Cotton out there. Uh, and others. So it, it's, it's been very successful grand packaging. Of course, Hinkle has a facility out there and they have their distribution uh, facility as well. Big distribution center. And they're a big part of our community as well. They, they've, uh, they've really helped to shape that industrial park. And of course, where I live, uh, I'm, I'm close to that park. Yeah. And uh, sometimes we have the best smelling neighborhood in the county. <laughs> when they're producing their snuggles or whatever they're doing over there because it, it comes over here. Yeah, the only place that's better to be close to would be Country Oven Bakery. Yeah. I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> uh, when I first uh, joined the legislature in, in January of 05, there was an initiative underway that you were really working on, and that was tax increment financing, the right. TIF district. And I remember my first session up in Frankfurt, you were there as much as I was. <laughs> and we were working on language to uh, develop uh, TIF legislation so that we could have a TIF district here in Bowling Green and Warren County. And, and tell us about our TIF district, because it's a, it's a big deal. Well, it is a big deal. And, and first of all, thank you for, for your help in making that happen. But that TIF district in the downtown which is not our only TIF district, but it's certainly one of the most successful TIF districts in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. And that TIF district downtown has over $350 million worth of new development. That's amazing. In downtown Bowling Green. It's literally changed the landscape of downtown Bowling Green. And, and it goes basically from the river up to the hill. That's right. So, you know, you look at, I remember, uh, in the legislature, we had to put language in there to put the, the even though the medical center, I believe, owns the medical school, mm -hmm. uh, we had to put language in, in the budget to help make that a reality so they could lease it back, I think, to UK or whoever that's and right. Western. And so that's part of the TIF district. It is. Um, you have the Bowling Green Ballpark. You have Skypack. You have the Alumni Center and, and many other places in between. And that really, you know, you mentioned the, the downturn in the economy in 08 and 09. I believe, this is just Jim talking here, that if it wasn't for that TIF district, things could have been a lot worse for Warren County. I think that TIF district helped us uh, sort of stay even at best uh, during the downturn. The TIF district kept the construction sector of our employment so, so busy. Yeah. And, and also the downturn really helped to control the cost of, of all of the new development. That's right. Uh, for instance, the um, uh, Skypack, it was originally bid out at $39 million, and we took it down $18 million because we hit the, the cost of construction, the cost of manpower, all, all labor, uh, steel, and uh, concrete were at the very bottom of the market as low as they'd ever been. And you had hungry contractors that, that wanted the work. And that's it. Yeah. Every contractor wanted to keep their people busy yeah. to get through this downturn so that they'd have something on the, as they came out of it. 
and so we, you know, we had the the ballpark, we had sky pack, we had the parking garage and wrap. All of that was going on during that time frame. I think the alumni center might have been in at, at the tail end of it. It was in that time frame as yeah. well, yeah. And and so you know that just kept our economy vibrant and and kept things popping along down there through that that downturn. And and I, you know you hear people talk uh, in business in this community about the bubble. The Bowling Green bubble, whether it's weather, not always weather, or whether it's, you know, the, the economic uh, things that are happening throughout the country, sometimes they just don't reach us like they do other places. And I'm not entirely sure why. I guess it has a lot to do with the topography that uh, as goes around Bowling Green, Warren County, the hillside, uh, the river. Mm-hmm. Uh, those all make a difference. But, you know, I, I think we're just, we're just a good karma. I think karma has a lot to do with it. <laughs> we have good juju. <laughs> that's right. That's well, right. It, it, but but you think about all the different things that we have here. I mean, we have a a, a, a nice white collar sector. We, we have a, 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 a great blue collar sector and we have the university. We have the community and technical college system. So we have all these great uh, economic engines here. Uh, that sort of shield us from some of the impact that other communities have because they don't have like the the perfect blend that I think we have. I, I totally agree. The education sector here, of course, led by Western Kentucky University, is just amazing. As a matter of fact, that's what we named our, our downtown TIF, the WKU uh, gateway to downtown Bowling Green. But it actually goes all the way to the river. Right. And it's an extraordinary thing. Western has been part of our DNA. We, we are what we are today because of Western, because of I-65, because of the railroad, but also because of all of the people here who are just so determined to make this a great place to live. And that's what, that's what attracts people here. The college town helps to attract people. Sure. It's a great place to live, but the, the, the development we've had in our parks and recreation, we're actually in the County parks alone. We're actually, um, have more, we have 12 times as many participants, 12 times that's 1200% growth. Mm Mm-hmm in our participants in uh, recreation programming than we had when I took office in 1994. That, that's, that's just unbelievable. And that shows the, the amount of growth we have uh, as far as people moving to the area as well. Uh, you know, we, we, you look at the South Warren area with all the, the housing developments. I mean, it's going on all over the county. Yeah. Uh, but, it, you know, the growth is just unbelievable. Houses aren't staying on the market. Uh, we've seen prices go up. Because uh, people want to live, work, and play here. and That's true. But it, even as much as our houses, our homes have gone up, we're still less than most areas of the country. Oh, yeah. It's amazing how many people move in here from California, from Texas, from uh, Chicago, and they can't believe that they can get three times the house that they left in the, the place that they migrated from. And I've heard that a lot. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's a great thing. It, it is a great thing. And, and, and we have such a diverse community as well. So we're, we're very welcoming not only to, uh, you know, people from California, but people from other countries. Uh, and, and they're very important to the fabric of our culture here in Bowling Green and Warren County. We have over 100 over 100 different languages taught in English as a second language in our school system here. It's remarkable. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And uh, and moving on, I mean, we've talked about the TIF district. We've talked about the, the industrial parks. 
Um, one of the other things that is that has really happened here, and and you had a, a big part of that when you were county judge, along with our legislators and other elected leaders, the city of Bowling Green and, and everybody involved, is our infrastructure and specifically our transportation needs. Um, you know, I sixty five, for example, uh, our good friend Jody Richards. Right. He, he was a huge champion for making sure before he left office that I sixty five was six laned from Tennessee to Indiana. And it is. And it is. <laughs> you can you can tell when you leave Kentucky and go into any other state, our transportation system shines brighter than than every other state. And it, it just it, it's made and the one thing it has done, especially here in Warren County, and I remember before it was six lane. We had a, a spot on I-65 called Death Valley. Yeah. And it was, there was a reason for that. Uh, after that was widened and expanded and made safer, uh, accidents went down tremendously in that particular area. So it's not only uh, good for the economy, but it's, a, it's good for safety as well. And, oh, it is. And, and, and then you have to dep- you have to plan for that in every transportation expansion. Yeah. Safety is foremost. Absolutely. And then, uh, you know, you talk about the Natural Parkway extension uh, and then two new you, exits. You mean I-120? I-165. That's correct. <laughs> and, there's, and, and I don't know if everybody realizes how important that is to have that designation of I-165. It helps us. But it also helps other communities. It helps Ohio County. It helps Butler County. It helps Davies County. Because having that designation as an interstate, that's what site selectors look for when they're they're trying to find out where they're going to put their next industry. Right. And and they care about the region as a whole, like we do. Sure. It's it's important that as as we improve our community that all all other boats rise as we uh, as we progress. And that's happened in not only in our Brad region, but in our broader region from from the Green River, or Ohio River, all the way over to Appalachia. Yeah, and and we've had a lot of success with uh, growing our transportation infrastructure. Uh, Exit twenty six, is that right? Exit twenty six was probably the biggest controversy that I <laughs> had since I've been in office, and I really to this day don't know why, but. In everything that as you progress, I've learned since the day I went into office that everyone is scared of of change that they don't control. Correct. If you don't know what that change is is going to be, you imagine the worst. And and I think that's the reason that we've had so many um, objectionable uh, comments about things at first. Right. And then once they materialize, uh, it's amazing how people get it and and of course exit 26 is a cemetery road exit uh, right yeah and for those who don't know which one we're talking about and of course it's been it's been a game changer it really has for people commuting uh whether they commute to uh louisville or nashville it, or, it saves them a lot of miles or, or from the north side of the community to the to the south side right it's amazing how many people have just all of a sudden figured out they saved 20 minutes by taking that interchange as opposed to going back into town and going out a different road. And then the success of the uh, Transpark led to exit 30 um, because that cuts down on the truck traffic uh, coming down 6880 and 31W. Uh, They have a a place to get right onto the interstate now, and and, and that's also attractive to site selectors. So 
we're going to see more big announcements come out there at the trans park with exit 30 as well. Absolutely. And I'm on it just about two or three times a week. And it's amazing how much that the traffic has increased on there, not just truck traffic, but the truck traffic has obviously increased, but it's kept those trucks from having to leave the trans park and go by the schools and, right. and other areas. So it's, it's been a big safety factor as well. Absolutely. And, and, and that's just a, a few of the, the infrastructure uh, things that have happened here over the last 30 years, not to mention the water and sewer upgrades that have happened all over the county. Fiber. Oh, uh, broadband has been an initiative of mine for 15 years. It still is, isn't it? Well, it, it, it is. It is. But it's um, we're, we've just about covered the entire county now. Yeah. And th thanks to RECC. Uh, Warren RECC has been the big player. Uh, and they've partnered with NCTC, a, a regional uh, uh, cooperative mm -hmm. that uh, has been able to s supply the, the Internet and and people know and trust Warren RECC, and sure. they trust their fiber. So it's been a, a, an easy sale, and I have yet to have the first complaint. Yeah, uh, except for me, because we still don't have it at our house. Oh, well. <laughs> but, Shame on me. <laughs> well, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Uh, and, and and there are some other players. I think uh, the parent company of Stup Bridge is, is working on a, a fiber initiative as well. They are. And uh, they are uh, Bowling Green uh, Municipal Utilities has fiber uh, uh, as a resource uh, for their services that they provide. So we're getting there. We, we definitely are, and we're ahead of most most communities. And I think it's it uh, fiber has played a very important part for our uh, uh, the uh, research and development center at Western Kentucky University as well. A lot of great things happening there that that are growing our economy. Oh, absolutely! And the research uh, research and development center is also partnered with BGMU's fiber. BGMU has extraordinary fiber, but it but they they basically market to only businesses yeah well it's all good stuff so let's uh pivot a little bit and talk about something i know that's important to you and something that you've been working on for several years now and you continue to work on and that's workforce it's it's that is the my number one initiative yeah so tell us about some of the 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 initiatives that you're involved with even in retirement right, uh right. supposedly <laughs> <laughs> well i i just I uh, was on the phone with the head of workforce development uh, and workforce development is an extraordinary part of getting people trained and, and uh, helping them find jobs. Now you're talking about the South Central Workforce Development Board. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. John, John, John. Is, mm -hmm. and uh, John is always upbeat and always going after it. Now what's his last name? Swords. John Sword. Yeah. And he's a retired Colonel. Retired uh, Army Colonel. Army Colonel. Yes. Mm -hmm good guy he is a good guy and he has a great staff and they work hard but they have to work within certain parameters and the, most of their funding is federal and the federal designation gives them strict um, orders on how they can spend their money so they're handcuffed a little bit on how much they can help outside of training and uh, and sourcing jobs but they can do that. That our problem is, or, or one of the one of the things that I'm attacking, uh, that they they can't from a uh, from from a legal perspective, is I'm going after workforce recruitment and attraction, mm -hmm. and doing that actually is outside the scope of what John and his team can do. 
But workforce recruitment is absolutely necessary because if John trained every available worker in this area, he couldn't fill all the jobs that are open right now. And, and how many jobs are open right now, there approximately? Seven, there are approximately 7,500 jobs open in this region right now. When I say this region, it's the Brad region, sure. the 10-county area. But over 4,000 of those are in Warren County. Right. So that's a big step all by itself. But then we have about another 3,500 jobs coming on within the next year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. So we've got a long way to, to get all those jobs filled. But I'm absolutely 100% convinced that we can do that. And is Bowling Green Works the initiative that you're, uh, the, the conduit you're using to help with the recruitment part? Bowling Green Works is the um, marketing er- effort that we're doing. And it's mostly done through, n- not solely, but mostly done through social media and online. Right. But they actually have a website that you can go to, BowlingGreenWorks.com. Mm-hmm. And all of our jobs are listed there. You can apply for any one job you want with a, with a short form application, which basically says, this is my name and this is where I live and this is what I do and this is what I want. It, it's a real short, short version. But you can apply to that one company or you can apply to all the companies or you can apply, you can pick the companies that you want that application to go to. You don't have to fill out a hundred applications. Right. You, you fill out one application. That, that's a, that's a, a great initiative because one of the, the issues that, that we are still having, especially since the pandemic is getting people back to work. It's absolutely uh, a lot of, and of course that's, there are a number of reasons for that. Number one re- reason, the, baby boom generation who are getting close to retirement age or have passed it, but decided they wanted to continue working. They pretty much decided that they'd rather not work yeah, uh, and take the uh, risk of catching COVID. And when they decided to take off work, they all of a sudden said, Hold it, this isn't half bad. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so working, Hey, working, not working is pretty good. <laughs> not working is pretty good. But fortunately, most of them have become, uh, bored with that. And many of them are, are getting back into the work workforce, but not all of them. And that was such a significant portion of the demographics of people that, that we need in the workforce. And they were our most skilled workers, yeah. uh, with the greatest work ethic. But we also lost a lot of females because of child care cost. Yeah. Uh, and we lost a lot of people who were just taking advantage of the fact that the federal government was giving out so much money. Right. That they couldn't afford to work because the money was too good to stay home. Yeah. Well, I'm going to share some statistics with you. Okay. So, you know, right now we have some of the lowest unemployment rate in the history of Kentucky at 3.9%. Which is deceptive. Which is deceptive. <laughs> and, and you're reading my mind. So we talk about the participation rate. And that's, uh, you know, people of working age uh, taking part in, in the workforce. Mm-hmm. And so right now in January of 2023, that's the, the latest numbers. The participation rate is 57.4%. So that tells you that 42.6% of, of that 
working age population is not participating in the workforce. Now, you're, you're never going to have 100% because you have people on disability, you have mental illness, you have, you have different issues. Uh, I, I think the sweet spot in, in reality would be about 70%. That'd be great. That'd be phenomenal. That would solve most of the country's problems. That's right. You go back to one year ago, January of 2022, the participation rate was 56 or 57.6%. So it was slightly higher than it is today. You go back to the previous year of January of 2021, which was the middle of the pandemic, uh, for all intents and purposes, that was 56.5%. And then you go to January of 2020, and the partic- participation rate was 58.5%. So from January of 2020 to January of 2023, there is only 1.1% difference. So it, it's a systemic problem that was even going on before the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and we already had um, a baby boom generator generation already retiring before that. But I think the, the highlight here is, is that even though we are open and back to business and there are lots of jobs, we are still below pre-pandemic levels. I agree. And, I agree. you know, so we, we need to, you know, and initiatives like. Uh, what the Workforce Development Board is doing and Bowling Green Works, the things that are going on there and the other initiatives that are happening throughout the region, uh, they're important to, to fill these these open positions that we have. And it's a, it's a huge problem. And I know our legislature has been working on that with some uh, initiatives about how long people can collect unemployment benefits and things like that. So there, there's things happening, but we just got to get people back to work. It's not happening quickly enough. That's right. <laughs> and it never does. <laughs> no, I know. As, as we talked about. Uh, the last thing uh, before we uh, just sort of wrap things up here is about the, the technical and skills training. And we've talked a little bit about uh, our technical colleges, our universities, our, our K-12 through education system here. So we have the resources in place here to train people for the job skills that are needed within this market. We have some of the best training facilities in the country Yes, right here in Bowling Green and, and South Central Kentucky. Um, the the um, Sky CTC, they're amazing. They're amazing. But the high school level here... Mm-hmm. It's you. You can find a job uh, making more than the the national average, coming straight out of high school, and I would encourage most people, not everyone. Some people need to go on to to, to college and get a four year degree. Sure. Uh, and I encourage those who can, they should. But I also discourage the ones from going into it and borrowing the money and sticking themselves with long term debt for. A number of years yeah if they can go into something where they can actually make a lot more money right out of high school yeah and and so we need uh potential employees and we need employers to take advantage of these opportunities that we have with skills training uh, because uh, even even employers can use those uh, for their existing employees uh, they, to, and, to get them trained up they can and they absolutely do yeah uh you know the People say, well, I'm not going to apply for this job because I don't have any experience in it. Well, the employer, for the most part, on most of these jobs, will be able to train you and give you the experience. 
What they don't have enough of are the people who have the right attitude and want to work. They'll show up for work on time each day and stay till the job's done. Yeah. If you can find people who are willing to work and want to work and want a career, they will, they'll, they'll make that investment and help train you. So we need some humble, hungry, and smart people, as uh, Patrick Lencioni says. (laughs) (laughs) And the the ideal team players. Well, Mike, I appreciate you uh, being a a part of our initial program. And and the reason I picked you and asked you is because I thought for us to develop this business development and business podcast that we needed to have a base, uh, an understanding of where we are, where we were, and where we are today. And, and I think you're the perfect person to sort of lay that groundwork for us to grow on and, and bring in other guests to talk about different things. Like John, we'll bring John Sowards in and talk to him about his initiatives and others uh, about what's happening with economic development and business, uh, not only in Bowling Green and Warren County, but throughout South Central Kentucky. So I appreciate you uh, being willing to uh, be a part of the first first ever program. Thanks for having me, Jim. I will always anytime you need me, just call. Uh, okay, don't. Well, you know I will. <laughs> and and before I let you go, is there anything that I left out that you wanted to touch on? No, I think you covered just about uh, a little bit on on everything. But uh, you've got a great city and county government here in Bowling Green, Warren County. Yeah, you've got good people who want to continue the lower. Um, uh, lower tax situation, provide a good business-friendly community. Mm-hmm. You got people who, uh, in, in the real estate development market and real, and, and real estate salespeople who want you to be successful and they want to, to build the homes that you want, yeah. that, that you can afford, and you have good bankers and, and finance people who, who will also work with you to make sure that you don't get overextended. Yeah. But make sure that you actually can uh, and should buy the house that you want and need. Yep. And you you hit on one thing I want to, then we'll leave it at, with this, is that Bowling Green, Warren County, South Central Kentucky are the envy around the state. And I say this because I've, I've been there and I've heard the conversations when they talk about how well the elected leaders in this community work together. They don't always get along and don't always agree on, on certain issues. But when it comes to bettering Bowling Green, Warren County, South Central Kentucky, uh, the elected leaders in this community have always come together uh, to, do, to put the community first. And, we, I, I, and, I, and I know firsthand that other communities don't have that. No, I agree. I agree. And I think that's part of our secret sauce here is that we do. Well, d- all right. If you're listening, don't tell anybody. <laughs> all right. Hey, thank, thanks, Mike. Thank you, Jim. What a great way to kick off a podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the DeCesare Group podcast. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with Warren County Judge Executive Emeritus Mike Buchanan, and we hope you gained valuable insights into the growth of the economy in Bowling Green, Warren County, and South Central Kentucky over the last 30 years. Today's program is produced by the DeCesare Group. Justin DeCesare is our engineer with content contributions from Brooke Mattingly and Amy DeCesare, and I'm Jim DeCesare. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking to more industry leaders, business owners, and experts in the field about the latest economic development and business activities in South Central Kentucky.